Hey, so I don't know how you were raised, but for me, around Christmas time, something really important happened. My grandmother would come to me. She would bring to me this, this magical book, okay? And the magical book was known as the J.C. Penney's Christmas Catalog. It was amazing. She would give it to me, and she would tell me to go through and to circle the things that I wanted for Christmas, and then she would use that, of course, to figure out what she was going to buy for us. I remember going through it and going page over page and circling things. Sure enough, I would end up circling too many things, so then she'd be like, well, there's so many things. So then you have to go back, and you'd have to like double circle or like circle and put a star next to the things that you really, really wanted right? that were most important. But that tradition is actually carried on. Maybe you have kids and you've done this as well. Now it seems to be the Target or the Amazon catalog that comes out at Christmas. And our family is no different. Um, the Target catalog came. And my sons both went through this a bunch, specifically my older son, Silas, because he's four years old. I don't know if you can tell by looking at this, but this thing has went through the ringer, okay? Like the cover's missing. Um, the pages are like tattered. There's pieces missing. It's tore out. There's probably like gum and food in here and all different kinds of stuff, right? He's obviously spent a lot of time looking over what he wants, right? But I want to direct your attention just to one special page that caught, uh, caught my mind here. It's page 26. And on this, there are eight different toys, okay? And Silas has five of these eight toys circled, which first of all, do they think I'm made of money, right? What's going on here? The fact that there's five out of the eight circled. But conspicuously, down at the bottom here, there's one toy that's not circled. And amazingly, it's the most expensive one on the page. Why isn't this one circled? Just probably because Silas is such a good kid. He doesn't want to be greedy, right? That's probably... No, it's because that's what he got for last Christmas. That this actually was the toy that he received last Christmas, so it's not on his list of what he wants. Where you go, well, of course, that makes, that makes sense, right? But it got me thinking. Isn't this how so many of us live? We look through the world, we look at the world around us, and our mind is always circling, focusing in on the things we don't have, not the things we do. You know, when I looked at that and I was like, you know, I'm a sinful person, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a regular guy. I kind of wanted to be like, yeah, you know what's that? Like, look, the one, the biggest toy on here, dad already gave you. Why aren't you just stoked the fact that like dad is so generous to you? But I have this feeling that a lot of us do the same thing. When we look at our lives, all of our attention is circled in on the things we don't have instead of the things that we do. And I wonder, I mean, God is obviously much more holy than I am. If there isn't some sense of the same mindset, though, right, of like all the things that God has given to us, and yet our attention seems to be on the few things that he hasn't. In fact, in the book of James, James 1.17, it says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. It says that all the good things in your life, they're gifts from God. They're all gifts from God. All the good things in your life, right? And I wonder, what would happen if instead of us always focusing on the things we don't have, maybe this Christmas... What if we shifted our attention to the things that we do have instead? Because when we get to Christmas, we get to spend all this time thinking the things we don't have, the things we want. 
But what if instead we focused to the things that we do have instead and we circled those with our mind? This Christmas, there's going to be a tendency for you to look around okay, and to compare. Your kids are going to do it. You're going to have a tendency to do it. We're going to see kind of what like everybody got, what everyone has, and you're going to compare. And we spend a lot of time doing this where it's like we look at our neighbors, we look at the people who are around us in our life, and we see all the things that they have that we don't, okay? In fact, all the way back, like thousands of years ago, King Solomon said the same thing. In Ecclesiastes 4, 4 through 6, he says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Fools fold their idle hands, leading them to ruin. That means if you don't work much, you're not going to get anywhere. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. It's interesting because he, he says, you know, I've noticed that a lot of people, they're all motivated by what they don't have in their life that they see in their neighbor's lives. But, you know, they'll struggle, struggle and struggle, but maybe it's better to just have a little less and to be content instead. I think it's interesting because we usually don't look at our neighbors and then think of the things that we have that they don't. That we think all about and circle all the things we don't have, but are we considering that there are a lot of people who are probably looking at our lives and they're circling things in our life and saying, I wish I had that. What good things has God put into your life? Maybe you don't have everything you want, obviously, right? There's things that you keep circling in your mind. But what are the things that he has given you, the good things that you do have in your life? Do you have your health? There's a lot of people who haven't in these last two years, right? Do you have enough? Maybe you don't have extra, but you have enough to pay the bills, to keep the roof over the head, to to keep food on the table. Do you have love? Do you have someone you care for deeply and, and they care for you? Do you have family? Do you have kids or do you have parents still in your life where you get to share your life with them? Do you have friendship? Do you have people who share their life with you and you get to share your life with them? Do you have faith? Do you believe that God cares for you and you have a hope for a future? What if instead of circling all the things we don't have, what if we started to circle some of the things that we do? You know, there's this funny proverb, Proverbs 15, 17. It says, a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. And that just seems like a silly proverb, doesn't it? But I think it's genius. Obviously, if you ask me, salad or steak, it's steak every time, okay? Every time, absolutely. But I love the wisdom in that statement. It's that, you know what? Uh, It's great to have steak, but you know what's even more important? That you have people who you love. It'd be better to have less and be surrounded by people you love than to have more. See, that's that kind of circling the things you have mindset. And not only that, but to be honest with you, this is the story of Christmas. Here we are talking about Christmas, and the story of Christmas is recognizing that we have something to be thankful, even if everything is going bad. In fact, I like the way that the Apostle Paul described the Christmas story to the church of Philippi. Philippians 2, 6-8. through 8. He says, Though he, meaning Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. The story of Christmas was God coming to this earth, leaving heaven in order to come to this earth. 
And the reason why he did that, the reason why he left the comforts of heaven to come to this earth is because he wanted you and I to be back into right relationship with him, that he cares that much about us. In fact, James 1, 17 that we had read, if we continue on past that to verse 18, this is what it says. So 17 and 18 says, whatever's good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. It says that we are his prized possession, okay? Think about that. That's saying that Jesus, when he looks at us, we're the thing that he circles, double circles, and puts a star next to it. That what he wanted more than the comforts of heaven, that what he wanted more than just retaining right his holiness in heaven was to take this amazing journey to earth, to be born on earth as a human being so that he could live a perfect life. And at the end of his life, when he was put on the cross, since he had no sin, he was able to pay for your and I our sin. He was able to take it all away so that we would not have to face our own sin and instead could be returned back to right relationship with God. In fact, Romans 6.23 says it this way, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, that Jesus came to this earth in order to right our relationship with God, to take away all of our sin. Sin is everything that we know we shouldn't have done and all the things that we think we should have but didn't do. And that Christmas story is the reason why we can be thankful, even if other things really aren't going good. If while I'm talking to you about, oh, you know, you should circle the things that are good, you're like, there isn't much, Cameron. I understand. Paul had a really rough life, and in fact, the the church of Ephesus had a really hard time. Yet, he writes this to the church of Ephesus, Ephesians 5.20, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, give thanks to God for everything. And listen, everything was not good at the time in Ephesus. But the reason why they could give thanks is because they had this overwhelming good thing that they could circle, that Jesus loved them and he had came and rescued them from their sin to give them an eternal life that starts now abundantly on this earth and extends past this physical body into an eternal place of heaven. Friends, some of you are Jesus followers. And this Christmas, as we come up to it here, maybe you've been distracted. You've had your mind pointed and circling things that you don't have. Your life has kind of circled around and you've been thinking all about the things you wish you had, all of the things you think God hasn't put in your life. But what if today you shifted your focus? What if this Christmas, instead of circling in your mind the things you don't have, what if you circled the things that you do? Maybe it is family, your health, friendship, just your faith. What if you circled that instead and began to celebrate it right here and now? I believe it could change everything for your Christmas. And then for some more of you, right now in this moment, as I'm talking about having a relationship with God, you honestly don't have a relationship with God. If I was to ask you, do you know God? Do you know that you're going to go to heaven after you die someday? You would say no. But friends, listen, the story of Christmas 
is the fact that God loved you so much that he left heaven to come and rescue you, to fix the problem of your sin and return you to right relationship with him. The Christmas story isn't a story about how good we are. It's a story about how good he is. Jesus wants you. He wants me. We're the ones he circled and put a star next to. In fact, there's one time when Jesus was on this earth where he prayed to God, his father. And this is what he says in John 17, 24. Father, I want these whom you've given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. His prayer is, would you please bring them with us back into right relationship? So today, the way that you can experience the Christmas story is you can take a step of faith and you can accept this free gift of salvation that Jesus offers you today. I would love to invite you just to pray with me even right now in this moment. Just say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying in my place. Please become the king of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In this moment where you prayed that prayer, I believe that Jesus is going to rush into your life. You're going to experience the true meaning of Christmas. And let's circle those things in our life that are good, that have come from God our Father.